are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans in NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, who with y'all on this Thursday. Still no new head coach for your New Orleans Pelicans, but we got plenty of other things to talk about. With the Lakers on the verge of an NBA title and Anthony Davis closing game four out for the Los Angeles Lakers the other night, I want to revisit the AD trade a little bit because I'm seeing some things out there on Twitter that I think are not wrong, but also definitely, definitely not right. So let's revisit the Anthony Davis trade just a little bit. Then in the second segment, talk a little bit more about Drew Holiday trades and what exactly should the Pelicans be looking for in a trade like this? Should they move him? I said they shouldn't, and I stand by that. But what would be on their wish list for bringing, uh, for sending out Drew Holiday? And then finally, we'll wrap up talking a little bit more about the NBA Finals, some of the things we're seeing. I thought Game 4 in particular was very, very interesting from a couple of different angles, not the ones that we were maybe expecting. So let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So I want to revisit the Anthony Davis trade for just a minute because as the Lakers are on the verge of winning an NBA title and it's likely they're going to win one tomorrow when they beat the, if they beat the Miami Heat, they're very validated and justified, obviously, in trading for Anthony Davis. And when you look at how AD has played in this postseason, other than kind of him vanishing in Game 3 and really coming in and closing out Game 4, along with LeBron too, against the Miami Heat to go up 3-1, he's been outstanding for him. And when you have a chance to get a player like that, you know, it's something you usually just need to go all in, even if it means gutting your roster. But in particular, if you have uh, LeBron James on your roster, it makes it just a whole lot easier to justify all that because LeBron's like eight players by himself, it feels like. So I've seen on Twitter a couple of people thinking that the Pelicans got too little in return for Anthony Davis. That is both true and not true. Obviously, a superstar is worth so much. A top five guy in the NBA, which AD has definitely established himself as during this run. Like, there's no question he's in the top five right now I, uh, at, at all. And I don't think it's like, oh, maybe top 10, maybe top five. It's He's top five, I think, during this stretch for how he's playing. So when you trade a superstar, you just you just don't get full value back. Like, you're, you, you don't get dollar for dollar, penny for penny the value that you're sending out in terms of quality of play and picks and all of that stuff. So it's very easy to say that the Pelicans should have gotten more for Anthony Davis, except it just doesn't exist. That doesn't happen. That's not how this works. So saying that as, I don't know if it's an insult to the Pelicans or if it's just saying AD is that good and like, look what it is. It doesn't matter. And it's kind of pointless to say that because it's not how it works. Like that is just not what's in place. In the NBA, you just never get full value. You can get 90% back for Anthony Davis or any superstar in a trade. You feel really good about that deal. And though now it looks like, you know, the Lakers should have given up Kuzma. They should have given up other things for Anthony Davis. It just doesn't work like that. 
And I have no doubt that the Pelicans are still very happy with their return. You got Brandon Ingram, all-star, most improved player. You still have time to look at Lonzo Ball, who at times showed very good flashes. You have Josh Hart, who's frankly fantastic. You have at least picks, even if those picks aren't going to be very good, I don't think, and won't ever be very good, even if uh, LeBron retires or AD leaves, what have you. This is a Lakers team that's going to be able to retool and rebuild very, very quickly. So when looking at this, like, yeah, they should have gotten more, but except no one does. So who cares? Throw that out. You know, you could say that about literally every superstar trade that has ever happened almost in NBA history. And when you look at the deal that the that, that went down between the Lakers and the Pelicans for Anthony Davis, there's no one else in the running. The Celtics did not step up to the degree that we thought they would or should have, and they look foolish for not moving for Anthony Davis now and giving up basically whatever it is that the Pelicans would have wanted during all of this. That if you had no one else in there and this was the best deal possible, then you made the best deal possible. And you shouldn't be looking at making the best deal possible and looking back at that and being like, oh, that was dumb. That was stupid. If you did the best thing for you and you took the best thing that's there, you did the best job possible. It wasn't like you didn't do your due diligence. It wasn't like you got swindled in a deal. Sometimes circumstances come into all of this. So yes, Anthony Davis is about to lead the Lakers to a title or be part of a title winning team, maybe not lead, however you want to describe it. And he's been really freaking good. But it doesn't mean that the Pelicans did a bad job in moving him out, given the circumstances of him forcing his way out there and all of it that went into all of that. And then not having other real partners to really trade him to and getting still maximum value that the Lakers were going to give up. This is a win-win for both teams, and it's allowed to be a win-win for both teams. And I know people want to kind of describe a winner to a trade immediately after it happens. One team's a winner, one team's a loser. One gets an A, one gets a C, D, or an F. That's not how it works in this case. The Pelicans did a very good job in getting as much value for Anthony Davis, given all of the circumstances and just how shit works in the NBA when it comes to trading superstars. That It's just not a narrative that like needs to be out there. Yes, the Lakers are thrilled. So are the Pelicans. They got as much as they could have. Who gives a shit if you didn't get Kyle Kuzma or whatnot? Or if those picks aren't going to be as good as they possibly could be. There's just no other way to have made this a thing. And so I think both teams did the very best they could. And both teams and their fans should be happy with how this trade worked out. So coming up, we'll take a look at more stuff with Drew Holiday trades and what what would make sense for the Pelicans? Like, what is their goal if they send out Drew Holiday to bring back? I think it's something to really kind of consider when you're coming up with hypothetical trades for Holiday. And then we'll take a look at the NBA Finals Game 4 in particular from the other night um, as we gear up for the Lakers to likely close out the series on Friday. So coming up here, all of that in just a few moments. Today's show is brought to you by rockauto.com. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, but rockauto.com's price is the same for everyone and always reliably low. Yes, you can just walk into one of those chain stores, get a part you need, but you're going to have to pay the price and they're likely only going to have one and you're just kind of stuck. But you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. And rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of different manufacturers. Basically, they're going to have everything you need. Engine control modules, brake pads, master cylinders. You can go on and on and on. Motor oil, carpet, all the little accessories, anything for your car, they are going to have it in stock. And their online catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Click on the make, click on the year, click on the model of your car. 
There you go. You can see all the different parts available for your vehicle. Choose brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Yeah, prices, because best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Do not spend up to twice as much for the same parts in a chain store. Go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Don't forget, subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from. Here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about the team, whether it's the coaching search, whether it's Zion, whether it's Brandon Ingram, free agency, the draft, we've got it all covered here at Locked On Pelicans. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so let's talk a little bit more about Drew Holiday. I explained why yesterday I don't think you trade him for for any reason really whatsoever. But, you know, as much as I said that, people still want to kind of move on from Drew Holiday again. I don't see why, given the the teammate of the year award is just kind of validation of all of those things that I feel about him and why he's worth keeping and potentially trying to sign to an extension or a new contract and getting him to stay here a little bit longer. Everyone wants to move on from him due to his age. He doesn't fit the timeline, right? Timeline's not just about age. It's about where you are right now. And if this timeline's closer to being competitive than normally it would seem, I see value in keeping him. So we don't we don't need to rehash that. Listen to yesterday if you want to hear for like why you do not trade Drew Holiday. And you can point to some other teams that have done similar things, keeping a guy like Kyle Lowry in Toronto and some others there uh, before really needing to make that kind of move. And if you don't have a necessarily a replacement lined up for him, I think that also adds to it. Look at Memphis who moved on from Mike Conley and finally did it when they were going, they're in a much different spot. And they also had a direct replacement in John Morant. I don't think you have that as much here in New Orleans, so I think it's a little bit different. But that doesn't stop people. And so one of the things, and I'm not trying to pick on anyone here, but I got sent a trade, um, and it comes from at CAIOCF09 of a four-team deal, trading Drew Holiday to the Timberwolves, actually, and basically bringing back, it's a a four-team deal between the Timberwolves, Pelicans, Celtics, Cavs, Magic, five-team deal, sorry. Um, which gets immensely complicated. And it took me a little bit to kind of wrap my head around this one um, of why everyone would do these sorts of things. But I don't, I don't care why the Celtics would do this, why the Cavs would necessarily do this, the magic and all that. We need to just focus on the Pelicans. They're sending out Drew Holiday and the 13th overall pick in this draft and basically bringing back Kevin Love, a 2020 second round pick from the Minnesota Timberwolves, a 2020 round one pick from uh, the Timberwolves via the Brooklyn Nets. And then the fifth overall pick, fourth overall pick, fifth overall pick. Um, let me pull it back up from the Cavaliers in this draft. Okay. So let's talk about this deal a little bit here and whether or not that makes some sense for New Orleans. Is this what they would be looking for? Sorry, I should say that Brooklyn pick, front, which is 0-2 Minnesota, is the 17th overall pick. So, 5-17, Kevin Love, and a 2020 second rounder, which we don't care, for Drew Holiday. That's not a horrible haul for Holiday at, at all. I think that's actually pretty good. Two first-round picks, including the fifth overall pick, where you can basically draft Holiday's replacement in one of like two or three guys that are there, I think. And so for that, I would do it. It's the Kevin Love part of the contract, which I get needs to be included for salary purposes, that kind of scares me off. But this deal is more more intriguing than than I initially thought because I think you might be able to get Killian Hayes at five. And 
Uh, now, I don't think the Cavs would do this. Moving on from Kevin Love and having to give up the fifth overall pick in a spot where that pick seems kind of good, I, I don't think they would do. But moving up, I think, is exactly what the Pelicans would try and like to do. And I think they they maybe target a guy like Killian Hayes, who I think would be great for them. And that's probably about the range you would need to get into to try and get him. But Kevin Love in the 30 plus million he's owed each of the next couple of seasons is kind of scary here. Again, it murders the Pelicans flexibility, I think. Not that they'll have a ton, but bringing him back in, even if it means losing Drew Holiday, who makes less than Kevin Love does, uh, it's not great. Love, yes, is going to be that spacing big that you want and had a decent season with the Cavaliers this year. He doesn't fit the timeline. That's not what the Pelicans are going to necessarily be looking for if they are moving on from Drew Holiday. I don't think it's an older guy in Kevin Love that just, again, if, if you're moving him because you, you're trying to get some picks in and try and align the timeline more, trading for Kevin Love I don't think makes a ton of sense. And this isn't to pick on this trade. It's just a guy who is 32, older than Drew Holiday. That's who you're going to bring back when you trade out Holiday. I think if the Pelicans are moving on from Holiday, they want ideally a draft pick or two, ideally first round picks, and then a young guy that shows some potential. And then whatever it is you need to make the kind of salary stuff works. Uh, you know, don't forget that the draft can be a crapshoot. If you get the 13th overall pick or even the fifth overall pick, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get a solid player there. Those guys flame out all the time. And that's why I think including a young guy who's shown potential already that is more of a sure thing than the unknown that a first-round pick is, even if the ceiling on a first-round pick is higher. I don't know if you're not including that if that's the direction that the Pelicans want to go. And I think the drop-off from trading Drew Holiday away to bringing in Kevin Love is kind of significant, particularly on the defensive side of the ball where he's not great there. And you already kind of have cheap version of Kevin Love, hopefully, in a guy like Nicolo Melli. Now, it wasn't good last year, but I think there's a reason they gave him the full mid-level exception over two years, guaranteed. That they feel pretty highly on him and maybe another year in the United States in the NBA kind of adds to that. But I will say the fifth overall pick, if you can somehow acquire that from Cleveland, is intriguing. I just don't think what Cleveland's getting back into this deal is enough to do it. Um, they're not that desperate for cap relief, I don't think, knowing that they're not going to be good for a while. And Dan Gilbert is one of the richest owners in the NBA. He's probably top five richest, especially right now. So I don't know if they're just necessary to look through that. But when you're coming up with trades like this, think about what the Pelicans actually want in return. Is it Kevin Love? Because I don't think it really is. I think it's more of a young guy that shows potential and first round picks. And then you align the timeline a little bit more. Adding Kevin Love doesn't do you a whole lot of good. Um... And I don't know if he, if moving on from Holiday and then bringing in Kevin Love like makes you a better team. So it doesn't get you into the playoffs or make you more of a contender than you would have been otherwise. And I think those are reasons why I don't know if this necessarily makes a whole lot of sense. Also, just as a thing that I think people forget, when you're coming up with three, four, five team deals, there's something called the touching rule where every team in the trade needs to touch at least two other teams. So if you've got a trade where it's like um, this one here, where it's five teams and one team's only touching one other team, this trade doesn't really work. They've got to touch two other teams in any sort of deal for it to actually be valid, which always makes like three, four, five, three's easy. Four and five team deals get a little bit more complicated. Just something to keep in mind with kind of how the CBA works and how trades need to be valid. All right, coming up, NBA Finals Game 4, I want to talk a little bit about because we saw some things in there that I thought were kind of interesting 
And I want to dive into that a little bit as we gear up for game five tomorrow. So coming up here in just a second. Before we do that, today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's really that simple. And they actually taste even better now since they did a, they redid the formula and have rebranded a little bit. So they are even better than they were before. And I already eat these things daily. I'm about to have one in a little bit after I work out. Um, these things are just awesome. They're, it's really that simple. They taste like a candy bar. You're not even going to realize you're eating a protein bar. Uh, protein bar is usually just kind of chalky, dry, not really good. You eat them just because that's what you want to eat. And it's kind of an efficient delivery method for everything in there. Not because they're good, not because you enjoy it. You're actually going to enjoy eating a Built Bar because they taste like a candy bar. They're soft. They're easy to chew. They have a different consistency than any type of uh, protein bar you've ever had before. And they're covered in 100% real chocolate. And they have amazing flavors. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake, double chocolate, raspberry, coconut, all of these. They taste like candy bars. You won't even realize you're eating something that's good for you. And they are good for you because they're low in calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, and high in fiber. They have some that have 19 grams of protein and 180 calories or 17 grams of protein and just 130 calories. And if you've ever bought Built Bars before using the Locked On promo code, they've reset it. So you get to double dip and get back in there and make these things just a little bit cheaper. Plus, they're going to throw in a free cooler with purchase. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code Locked On. You're going to get $10 off your next order. Again, that's promo code Locked On for $10 off over at BuiltBar.com. Okay, wrapping up today's show, talking about the NBA Finals. Game four was the other night, and I thought it was kind of interesting. And this was a game that was won because of defense. Defense on both teams. Anthony Davis was quiet for the through, through the first three quarters, at least offensively, till he kind of he exploded to some degree in the fourth, even though he didn't explode that much. And of course, it came after he landed on the ground after Alex Caruso was actually shoved into him by Jimmy Butler and um, then kind of went through the usual will he, won't he play sort of thing and then immediately exploded for a bunch of points and iced the game for the Lakers, particularly with a three-pointer. You saw the best and worst of Anthony Davis in this one, to be honest. Through the first three quarters, he was quiet because he was playing on the perimeter, just unable to get inside and with a little bit of defensive pressure. The Heat did a really good job of fronting him and then double-teaming him down low whenever he got the ball, basically forcing it out of his hands. And then he just stopped going down low because he realized it wasn't working and how many times do we remember that in New Orleans where he just chilled on the perimeter because it just wasn't his night down low and like, ah, whatever, and hated that sort of stuff, right? And then he exploded in the fourth and cool, all's, all's forgiven, but he was a monster defensively for the Lakers in this game. The Miami Heat kept game four really, really close. Like even to the point of taking the lead and it's just every time they got going, you had kind of a defensive answer for them or a key three pointer for the Lakers on the other end. And it just kind of kept them not at arm's length, but like hand length throughout the game to the Lakers could really kind of pull away towards the end. It was kind of impressive. And even for the Lakers, they struggled to score because the Miami Heat completely abandoned their zone defense. And we talked about uh, last week should the and this week, should the Pelicans play more zone defense, seeing the, the success the Miami Heat have had with it. And the Lakers actually flashed zone in this one, too, which I thought was kind of interesting. But they basically didn't play any zone in game four. And that... Didn't win him the game, but it didn't cost him the game either, actually. It slowed the Lakers down enough and really kept LeBron James and Anthony Davis out of the rhythm they had experienced earlier in the series, particularly games one and two, and LeBron in game three, and less so AD in game three. And you kind of see the value of having just smart defenders who know what to do and how far that will take you. I don't know if a ton of those guys are really good defenders. Butler, I like. 
Bam, I like. Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero. Uh, Jay Crowder, I think his defense is overrated to a degree. Kelly Olenek, like, no, not at all. And all of them are having success defensively because of the, they're just smart and working as a team, as a unit, which is not what you see from New Orleans. You have Drew Holiday, who's a good defender. The other guys seem like they could be individual defenders, but they just can't put it all together. And that's what it seems like they're missing. And that's where the importance of the head coach is going to come in to make them work as a cohesive unit. You can't necessarily raise their basketball IQ, but you can get them playing together a little bit more. And I think that's what the Pelicans are missing. And watching both teams play together in the NBA Finals, which a Finals team, like, yeah, absolutely should be, right? Like, you don't make the Finals if you don't play together, whatever that means, um, however you want to define it. So it's not surprised to see that these teams are playing like that, but the Pelicans absolutely missing that. And it's one of the reasons why they had such a disappointing end to the season. And that's why I'm excited for the new head coach to make guys play together. It's why I like Ty Lue, who's capable of doing that, even if you don't like him uh, in terms of X's and O's and some other things like that. He's gotten guys playing together, and I think that's a big thing. So I'm excited to see who the Pelicans end up hiring, and hopefully we'll get that resolved in the next two weeks or so since things seem to be moving with that, even if it's been a little bit quiet. Also saw Atkinson interviewed with the Houston Rockets. So there you go. Um, hasn't been officially linked to New Orleans just yet. But again, that's if I had to like put money on it based on a gut feeling, that's who I would do. All right. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all very much for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all tomorrow.